All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. Oh, yeah. Simply put, I think it's time for Bradtree Living to bring Connor McDavid home. Presented by Botano, it's the Friday edition of Lease Morning Take. Feeling great about life today. It's Nick Alberga and guest co-host Anthony Stewart. How do you feel about that, Stewie? Seems like it's a wish. Are we in a, in a dream world? I don't think it happens. But uh, again, I think there's going to be some changes in Edmonton. But uh, McDavid to Toronto, ooh, that's that's a lot of pieces going the other way. Uh, but it, it may uh, it make for good radio and TV and internet shows as well. No, I think it would single-handedly destroy the company we work for in the nation network, which initially started as Oilers nation. Like if Connor McDavid went anywhere, but Edmonton, I think it'd be like Defcon nine where the company's like, you know what? We've had enough of this shit. We're finished. But man, watching that game for an Edmonton San Jose game, Stewie on a Thursday night, there were some eyeballs like everywhere you looked on social media last night. It's like, 1 a.m. Eastern time. We're all watching that game, eh? I actually, I did the opposite. I was like the kids on Christmas night where you go to bed and hopefully the present that you wished for in the morning is there. And I I wished for an Edmonton win because, you know, I don't like seeing change. I don't like seeing, I don't like the chaos. It brings back some anxiety uh, for me as a player too, because you want to see, you know, the best players in the world be successful. You want to see McDavid and Dreisaitl and, you know, some of these other guys have success. So I don't really wish for it, but I understand from uh, the fans that aren't, 
Edmonton Oilers fans are wishing for their downfall because again, it just creates drama. It's something to talk about. But for me, I went to sleep. I saw I was two one. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed. When I wake up, maybe it'll be uh, two points uh, for Edmonton, but I was wrong. You are very wrong. And uh, I do love chaos. I will say you never like to see anybody lose their job. And it seems like it's going that direction with uh, Jay Woodcroft and just having him have to cross the ice. Like it's one of those old barns there in San Jose where he's got to cross the rink to get off. Like there's a whole um, lip reading thing with Dave Manson. Like it's it just, it's not a good look. And then like, obviously they know what they're doing on TV. Like they zoom in the ISO shots on Woodcroft after the game. They went away, went to a team player, went away, kept going. Like it's, it's, it's production at its finest, but that must be the crappy thing about that job is knowing that you're pretty much done and all the cameras are on you too. Yeah, it's definitely unfortunate too. And, uh, you know, we talk about the internet being undefeated. Uh, someone actually put Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of the angel. They actually teed up that music <laughs> as he was walking by. So, uh, I could, I could deal with a good joke or two. You sometimes you got to make fun of yourself. I think the only worst that could have happened in that situation with Woodcroft is him blowing a tire while walking off the ice. And I think he probably would welcome that the way things are going, but you know, regardless of what happens, something has to change in Edmonton because, you know, I looked at your preseason picks. You had Edmonton winning it, uh, you know, 16 games straight, winning the Stanley Cup. Um, that Those are the expectations. They got to take the next step. And right now, I think they got to win, you know, 45 and 25 or something to, to make the playoffs. That's going to be tough, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and you're incorrect. I actually had Colorado to win the Cup. Not that I thought Edmonton was a fraud, but I, I do think <laughs> they had some deficiencies, albeit I thought they were going to be one of the better teams in this league when you have McDavid, when you have Dry Settle. And that's the scary thing, man. Like, watching these games, and again, it's so easy to 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 pick apart a team when they're, they're dead to rights like Edmonton is. Like, there's something off with McDavid. Obviously, he came back from that injury. Ditto for dry settle. Like they don't have that explosiveness that we saw even say last year where they just dominated the league. Yeah. And, and I try to find an analogy for everything, right? If the yeah. Avengers were coming and saving the exact same people every single time, eventually they're going to get tired of doing it. You can't, you know, push that uh, incredible Hulk button every single game and expect Leon and McDavid to step up and have three point nights. You know, they're going to put up 150 points, but they're going to do majority of that in probably 60, 65 games. So what's going to happen for those other 20, 25 games? Other players have to step up. Other guys got to step up to the plate. And, you know, for them, they might be tired. They're like, you know what? I might just take a little five, 10 game break here because, you know, I'm doing all this work. I'm putting the team on my back. I'm lighting up the power play and we're still losing games. We can't even get a save. Like, well, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, maybe take it a little bit easier tonight than normal because you've got to see big picture with these guys, them as the group, you know, they want to win that Stanley cup and they're nowhere close to it right now, the way they're playing. Uh, so maybe they're sending a message back to the organization. I played on teams uh, before where some of the veteran guys say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take it easy this month because I don't really like the coach. Maybe we'll get him fired. Maybe I'll get myself traded. So anyway, you dice it in Oilerland. The fans aren't happy. The players aren't happy. So, you know, something's going to change. I can expect within the next 48 hours. And as a hockey fan, we'll just have to see what it is. I think it's important. Uh, something you stressed about humanizing the situation. Like you do sort of forget that with professional athletes like you and I, they have good days, they have bad days. And certainly there's been a lot of terrible days. And speaking of which I wanted to give you a public forum for your Vesna trophy pick from last year, who's now in the American hockey league. And uh, I hate to harp on this, but it was a, a tough season debut in Bakersfield for Jack Campbell. One of the goals, like, I don't know how he let it in. It was one of those, 
but he let four goals last night against Abbotsford. Just your general read on that situation, man, because we watched him obviously here in Toronto. He had his moments where he was like, for lack of a better term, a brick wall. Like he he was tremendous. There was that November stretch a couple of years ago, but like this guy's been zapped of all his confidence. And unfortunately for Edmonton, they still have three years left on that contract here. Well, I've been taking heat now. Um, and th- that's sort of like the fake news of it. People thought that that was my choice uh, this year. Uh, I did it at the beginning of the season last year, I think even before yeah. preseason. And all things were lining up for him to have a great season. Remember, he was playing at an all-star pace, um, you know, for most of the year with Toronto. Uh, Edmonton was struggling with Koskinen and Smith. They brought him in to be the guy they paid him. So I was assuming, you know what, maybe they're going to insulate him, change the system up. And that's why I picked him to where to win the Vesna, right? But you know how it is. You want to have a spicy pick. You want to, you know, yeah. go outside the box, right? But I got people every single day, I think, since I made that uh, two years ago. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. So I don't, again, it's, uh, you know me, I could chirp with the best on Twitter. But, oh, yeah. you know, to say that was completely outlandish two years ago, I don't, I don't really understand it. But again, I'll get chirped. I can take the chirp just as I give it. But I think for Campbell, and this is why, you know, we talk about the young goaltenders coming up. Everyone majority is going to be six foot two. Everyone plays the same stance. What's going to separate you from some of these other goaltenders is the mental training, getting your mind and your body right. And I think that is sort of the one aspect that is really missing in, in just focusing on the details off the ice, your angling, uh, your mindset. And it just seemed, and you saw him in Toronto after every loss, he took it personally. And the one thing I could tell you, regardless of what I know about the mental health side, I played with Luongo. I played with, uh, you know, Ward. I played with Thomas Focoon. I played with Craig Anderson. There was no high too high or no low too low. When we won a big, big game, they'd, hey, yeah, no big deal. Uh, but when we lost or going through a, a losing streak, they weren't freaking out. They weren't taking it personal. They trusted the process. So I think that mental side of the game uh, for Jack Campbell's really, really struggling right now. I saw the tweet last night. How does that trickler go in? You know, you're playing scared. You're playing thinking, Mm -hmm. man, what if I lose this game? What if I don't um, perform? What if I don't get called back up? And again, I talk with a lot of young players today. Focus on the things that you can't control. Control and micromanage and break it down to shift by shift. You know, we're talking about you want to score a hat trick. Well, what's the first thing you need to have at the minimum at the end of the game? You need to have three shots on net. So you can't come to me. Well, I don't know why I didn't score. And you had one shot on net. So really break your game back down to the bare bones of it. Um, you know, I, for him, I would even take a week off and, and go to the beach or something. Reset. Yeah. Uh, because you don't just turn into a $5 million goalie, all-star goalie. He was that at uh, at one time. The question is, how does he get back to that? Yeah, I was going to say, like, if I'm Edmonton, I send him in, like, Barbados or something. Like, just get away, mental reset, all that. People can send laugh all they cats. want. But- yeah, send him to, no, I wouldn't send him to a bar. I definitely would not do that. But I would send him somewhere exotic, reset, retool, because it's just not going right now. For Jack Campbell at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe on YouTube if you're watching right now. Thank you so much for the support at the Leafs Nation 401 again here on uh, YouTube. Just search Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcast as well. Stewie's got his pen out. He's ready for this show. So we'll get into it. Uh, we got Dave Pena the fourth period. Uh, Stewie coming up in about 10 as well. Perfect. Perfect. I owe Pena probably about... 2,700 root beers, so I hope he doesn't come to collect today. <laughs> hey, you, you, his day to collect will be All-Star Weekend, so we got DP Absolutely. coming up in about 10. Uh, brought to you by DoorDash, it's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off 
up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms apply. You know what's interesting is like I really have a tough time trying to pile up on Edmonton because I know the feel of this Toronto market heading into this crucial back-to-back against Calgary and Vancouver. Like it's it's not quite at Edmonton level, but you can feel it percolating, can't you? Um, it's percolating, but the one thing I can say, I was I was at practice yesterday and it was it was I watched a bit of it at probably about 20, 30 minutes, and it was business as usual. There was no yelling, the music was playing, they're working on the system. So I think that's the main thing, especially in this market, is just like we talked about with the goaltenders, no high too high, no low too low. And you're looking at those losses, you know, most of them, they, they got some points out of it, right? So they're sitting in a decent spot, eighth place right now, yeah. six, five and two, 14 points. So they have an ability now, if they win these games, you know, they're back in the mix here. So they control their destinies. So I think for them, it's just hitting that reset button, getting back to those details, playing a good team defense. You heard Sheldon Keefe talk about it. You know, we're talking about all the goals and, you know, the guys on these point streaks, but, you know, we're not talking about, you know, the attention to detail and the defensive side of the puck. And, you know, you talk about the guys having career starts to their seasons. There's other teams that have just as talented forward corps. You saw the Ottawa Senators, Stutza, like a Chuck, P.O. Jones. These guys are playing at a world-class level as well. So uh, I think now when you're talking about winning a Stanley Cup or winning multiple rounds, you can't just freestyle. It seems like the team's just freestyling a little bit. So you got to have, you, know, you got to bring that back in, rope it in, reset, get back, do some video. Uh, but at the same time, they control their destiny. A couple more wins, you know, the the, the parade lights are going back up on uh, on Bay Street. Stu, the nerds are out in full force in this market, for lack of a better term, man. It's it's ridiculous. And I just, I can't get to that level, man, because I watched the Boston Bruins with like Danton Heinen, with all due respect to him. And when people say that, they don't mean any respect to everybody. You know what I'm saying? He's in their bottom six. They, they're without Bergeron. They're without Krejci. They're without Taylor Hall. McAvoy's been out for the last couple of games. And they still find a fucking way to win. So don't give me this bullshit out of the numbers and all this BS don't check out on the Leafs team. When you look at the core four specifically and the talent level on this roster, I think it's in between the years. It's on that team. It's on that roster. I'm not pointing any fingers, man. Ultimately, it comes down to the players. Do you agree with that? It does. And, and, and talking about Boston, the main reason is just the culture that was set by Bergeron and ultimately, yeah. you know, Dano Chara. Right. And it started coming in in tip top shape. You have a guy 40 years old winning fitness testing that sets the bar fairly high where you can't cheat the details. You have to come in good shape, play hard, play a good two-way game. You know, Bergeron, you know, if they let him loose, he could put up 120 a year. He's that talented. I play with him at world juniors, but he was a good two-way guy and he had to play at both ends of the puck and they're plugging in young guys. Right. And we talk about it and, you know, we've been doing broadcasts for years and years and years, Edmonton and Toronto, I think before this year, when's the last time they had a second round draft pick be a regular on the roster? Right, you have to draft, develop, and have Magic these guys, guys come in and be serviceable players. Uh, so yeah. Boston, again, it's almost like a factory. Uh, it's it's not just one yeah. guy; it's a sum of every single part, and that's why they're successful, uh, and that's why they're contenders every single year. Right, Allmark and Swain, you know, you know, who was it that came out? Was it Allmark that came out of nowhere? He was around. He bounced around a little bit. Like he was in Buffalo, right? yeah. Right, yeah. And he he plugs into the system, and both of them now are playing at a Vesna as a Vesna clip as well. So I think yeah. regardless of 
what your strengths are. You have to find a way to turn your weaknesses, you know, and, and get them as strong as possible. And I think that's sort of Toronto's issue, right? And again, yeah. to say you're going to go in and win six, five games, that's tough because there's some talented, talented teams out there that can keep up or just be just behind. So like I, I think analytics are a tool, but I can't buy these BS numbers sometimes. Like I look at the personnel on that roster, and again, yeah, there's some guys who have changed, but it's the same team, and it's going to be the same guys who lead them to the promised land, or they don't. And we just like to take the heat off these guys sometimes. I mean, not to blame the core four; they've been great and excellent and all that stuff. But like Boston's a perfect example. They're big boys. Drag them to victories. Pasternak. Who's on well, the fourth line of Boston? Who's on the fourth line of Boston? Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Right. And so that, exactly. and that's where, when I get upset about the analytics and, you know, yeah, every time I hit refresh, it's, it's pointing at the fourth line or it's pointing at this player. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I said about it last year on, on the broadcast, but why are we talking about Pierre Engvall's second period? What happened? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't it matter. Doesn't. So yeah. to be micromanaging that, I understand everyone has jobs to do and everyone wants to find their niche, yeah. but this team is not going to um, go be successful or not successful based on the fourth line. Yes. Can they be better? Absolutely. Do they have to do a better job defensively? Absolutely. But the fourth line is the fourth line for a reason. They're out there. They're playing their seven to 10, 11 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. For the most part, they do their job, but it's those middle six guys, that third line that seems like it's starting to, to come together. You need, and that's a, it comes down to, I'll tell you this, and this is what we talk about. It's that international ice hockey game where you have the chubby guy, the middle guy, and the skinny guy. You need three and a half to four and a half, five million dollar players be playing above their pay grade. And that has been an issue for this Toronto Maple Leafs team. You need those guys like Kalorn. You need guys like that that can step up and score that big goal. And when the game's on the line with this group, we're looking around and saying, well, When's Matthews going to step up? Nylander, Tavar. That's that's too much of an expectation on those guys every single night. You need other guys stepping up. So that's that's that in a nutshell. <laughs> it is. And uh, I wanted to get your general thoughts here. We got Dave Penyota in about five minutes uh, on eleven and seven. Again, unfortunately, it's like an optional skate that's been the sort of the norm in the NHL world the last couple of years on game days, as opposed to back in the day where the entire team would skate. You know the roster. But there's hints that John Klingberg might be a scratch and ditto for Ryan Reeves. Pontus Holmberg was called up. Max Lajoie uh, was loaned to the Toronto Marlies. So there could be a world where they take on Calgary tonight. There's no Revo. There's no Klingberg and they go 11 and 7. What do you think of that? Well, I think for those two, it's just it's needed just to take a big reset. Right. And that's another thing, too. And and and, and that's a, when we talk about the analytics community. You know, Bradtree leaving is, is, is a great hockey mind, right? And when you bring these guys in, you bring them in for a reason. And I'll tell you, the analytics department in Toronto is, is a lot smarter than a lot of the people on Twitter and social media. Really? So they identify these players on strengths and what they need to do. And just for whatever reason, it's just not clicking at this part of the season. And part of that is, hey, sometimes you got to go in the in the press box and watch for a bit and hit that reset button. And for me, sometimes as a player, I sat for two, three games. I sat for 37 games one time, but once you hit that, you know, one or two games, you almost get a, um, a weight lifted off your shoulder saying, okay, you know what? It's a new beginning. Now it's a new start. You know what? I paid my price. I sat, I watched, I did my video. I worked hard in practice. Now it's almost like a new season now for me to come in there and do what I need to do to be successful. And again, say what you want about Klingberg. I think he's done an admirable job, uh, what they brought him in for, right? And that is Q being that PP, being a good lateral, moving to the left flank, the right flag, um, you know, really disrupting the penalty kill. He's been doing that 
Uh, he's had a lot of misreads on the defensive end, especially, right? But that's a system thing, right? You know, you saw the Carolina Hurricanes come in here with a backup goaltender, emergency e-bug, and hold the Maple Leafs to whatever it was, nine, 10 shots in the second half of the game. Mm-hmm. Was that an accident? That was the system. So, you know, regardless of the Are you blaming Keith then? Player, Are you blaming you Keith? You have to have that system that insulates your weaknesses. So I think that's when uh, you heard Sheldon Keith say that we have to do a better job of protecting Klingberg. That's what they're talking about. The systems that doesn't necessarily expose their weaknesses. Are you blaming Keith then? That's the question. On the system? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, trust me, so and I coach minor go. hockey, and I coach some of the least talented teams, but we have the system that keeps us in the games. And sometimes, yeah, the other team's top players step up in the third period and make an elite play, but we are competitive in every single game because they know the system, they work hard, they pay attention to those details. And that's, you know, and look at the teams that won the Stanley Cup. They check all those boxes. You know what's crazy? I don't remember a time where the entire Leafs nation has aligned on their unhappiness with a player where you have the analytics nerds, you have the eye test people, you have Joe from Woodbridge and stuff like that. And they all agree that John Klingberg has had a rough start. And here you are saying he's had an admirable start. I I do. I I didn't say that. I said what they brought him in to do. Right. I think he's done that job. Right. But it's different now. Say McCabe's not hurt. Um, say Lilligren's yeah, not right. hurt, right? Maybe yeah. McCabe stabilizing him if he's playing with McCabe, right? But again, he's playing, yeah. I think, who was playing with Geo for a bit, right? Yeah. Not the fleetest of foot, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I go back to the Stanley Cups that the LA Kings won. They had some really, really offensive players, but they had guys whose job was just to sit back and protect, clear the front of the net. It was literally one pair, boom, offense, defense, offense, defense, offense, defense. Yeah. So as much as it's Klingberg, I'm looking at his partner saying, hey, you know what? You know what? He's struggling defensively. I'm going to go above and beyond now to try to protect my linemate. And that's what Keith is talking about when saying that. But the responsibility ultimately is on Klingberg. He's got to play better. He knows that. And I'm sure once he comes in, he's going to say, you know what? There's a little bit of, I got to light a little bit of a fire under my butt here. or Ass, as we could say on this show, because you you know what? They're noticing I have to be better. No, it's just, it's just fascinating to me that they went out there and gave the guy 4.15 mil granted for one year. And then they also watched him play in Minnesota. He was asked there. He was asked in Anaheim last year, and they said, like, "You know what? Let's Who else are you gonna get? I, I know they tried to get Dumba. Well, Who else are you gonna get? Yeah. They're gonna well, well that's the thing, you know, right? And I, I think, like, that, well, we tried I, to get uh, Gustafs. Well, you just salted out Gustafs in last year. You think he's coming back? He's like, I'm out of here. You guys are you brought exactly. me in here. You dragged me out of where I was, and you didn't play me. I'm out of here, right? So, but the debate is like really Luke Shen. Luke Shen for a couple bucks more. Would you have done that? It's hindsight. Couple bucks more, a couple bucks less. More. He wanted like no, to, if, to if get Luke him Shen was on Nashville. the roster, it would be like tree living into his job. We need more offense True. and this and that. Hindsight's 50 50. It is. It is. Uh, let's pull our guests today. Uh, Dave Pena of the fourth period is uh, great enough, uh, great enough, excuse me, to join us today. He'll be down at Scotiabank Arena for the back to back this weekend. Dave, uh, where do you sit in this conversation when it comes to uh, John Klingberg? It sounds like he's going to be a healthy scratch tonight. Uh, he's, he's, uh, right, well, first of all, um, I think he's hurt. Uh, that's what Sheldon Keefe mentioned. He's he's got some uh, some injuries that he's battling, so that's why he's out. Jake McCabe is in. Um, is that but, one of those? You, do you watching my screen? Is it one of those? I see. Uh, I see. Uh, maybe it could be. Um, <laughs> but but Keefe tried to get out of it like right out of the gate. Just be like, listen, we're making this change, and just a heads up, he's hurt. He's battling some stuff. So they have the okay. luxury, I yeah. guess, of putting somebody else in. Um, but 
does everybody understand what type of player John Klingberg is? I get that everybody's all over him. At, or I, you, you guys were just saying it. They're all over his ass right now, so you can say that. Um, Again. But, but he's an offensive-minded defenseman. He always has been. If you want him to play responsibly defensively, well, then don't trade for him, don't sign him. He's not that caliber player. He was brought in to help spread out the offense from the point out to help out the power play. If you're expecting him to do anything else, you're going to be disappointed because that's not what he brings to the table. Now, was he a little bit more well-rounded a number of years ago when he was with Dallas? A little bit. Um, but you have to take him for what he is. And the other elements of this team, they don't have the assets to combat the fact that you're going to have defensive deficiencies when John Klingberg is on the ice. And so you, you mentioned Gustafson. Well, a similar situation. I, the, the, the run that the Canadians were on when they had him, he was a defensive liability, but he was brought out there to be offensive in certain moments of the game. So if you can compensate that by bringing in somebody sound on the back end that can play with him, then you, you, you comp, I mean, that's, that's effectively the move you'd like to make. But if you're trying to expect John Klingberg to play a well-rounded defensive game, that's just not his style. Majority of uh, Twitter nation and uh, Leafs nation is trying X. to you know, get rid of him. X. Is that, is it, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it possible to move on from this contract or that's something that they're stuck with? And uh, again, I don't think the minors is an issue uh, is a, is a, an opportunity for him, but do you see them potentially trading him down the line? Honestly, no, um, because I, I don't see somebody taking on the money right now. Like John Klingberg turned down a boatload of money from the Dallas stars um, before he, you know, effectively wanted out and, and um, changed agents and all that stuff. It was his decision. It wasn't representation. It was his decision to turn down a big mega contract. I don't remember the exact number, but it was a significant offer by the Dallas stars. He turned it down. He thought he would get more on the open market. And, you know, here he is right now. Um, but look for, for 4 million or whatever he's making uh, from an offensive side of things. I, I think that's, that's market value. If you're expecting him to be like a, a 40 point guy uh, from the back end. But again, you have to understand what you're dealing with. And if the Leafs want to go out and get a Chris Tanev or uh, a Nikita Zadorov, who's a left shot, but plays both sides, um, and they'll have an opportunity to look at both of these guys tonight uh, with, with the Flames uh, firsthand, you're going to have to move out some other roster pieces in, in order to make that work, or you're going to have to be really creative, compensate another team in order to take on uh, a, a, either a roster player or, or retain some salary. So this is going to take true living a little bit of um, MacGyvering in order to, to pull off the addition of, of somebody's sound on that back end. It maybe it's, you know, you, you look at somebody who's a little bit more financially responsible. Maybe it's a, a Sean Walker in, in um, you know, Philadelphia, for example, later on in the season. But uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. They're doing due diligence. Their due diligence work now in terms of seeing what the options are. But it doesn't sound like they're going to be pulling the trigger on anything anytime soon. Well, look, I'm going to call BS on this. It's like telling me Matt Murray's hurt, okay? And I understand, you know, what happens <laughs> when, when you assume, but l let's call a spade a spade here. John Klingberg's uh, played like ass. We don't want him in the lineup. He's hurt. Might put him on LTIR for a couple of weeks, if you know what I'm saying. But that's just my opinion, <laughs> just speculation on my part. I want to get your guys' thoughts on Ryan Reeves. And Stewie, we can start to you, then to DP. 
do they have a Ryan Reese problem? Is, 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 do they have to do something imminently? Can they do something imminently? Like, would you put this guy in the minors, Stewie? And this is uh, the one part where I don't think people really think to think about or even care is the respect factor, right? He's sitting there on July 1st. They didn't settle on him. They went out and recruited him, right? So that's a bad piece of business saying, hey, you know what? You guys have to do your SWOT analysis and see the strengths and weaknesses of this player and saying, hey, you know what? He is at a certain age, but you came in and you committed to him for three years. So if you go now and put him in the minors or you start messing around with his ice time and setting him down, that's a bad piece of business, right? And that sort of was the, the um, you know, the MO of the Maple Leafs back then. Guys, you know, the peers of mine were like, yeah, I'm not coming to sign in Toronto. They're, they'll bury my contract on the way to burying five other ones. So I'm not signing here. So I think for them, they have to find a way uh, to have him work within their system. And I think the one thing we can say is that fourth line doesn't have any chemistry. What is their identity, right? You have the high flyer and in, 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 in Gregor, he's going up and down. So for me, I think for them, it's just, getting the line in, going over video, saying this is what we need from you guys. There's too much gray area in their game. Um, I think they're not being utilized at a certain point. They're being thrown out there at random times. But I think, again, and Reeves knows this. He understands. He has to be better. Again, he's a personal friend of mine. I've had conversations with him. He understands that. Uh, But again, this market, again, it's – we talked about the Boston Bruins. I don't know who their fourth line is because on the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But – Yes, they've caught in some dashes. They got to be better defensively. He understands that. Uh, but uh, now, ten games into the season or twelve games, saying, "Yeah, you know what? We're getting out, out of this contract." That's a bad piece of business. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, Dave? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't see a scenario where that's realistic at this point for a number of reasons, including what Stewie just mentioned. I mean, it's like you, you sign somebody and then you either wave them or flip them you know, a, m- a month into the season, it- it's not a good look. Um, you know, players talk a lot. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, just a little bit. Um, it's, it, it, that, that's not a good look. It's, it's about finding the right pieces here. And this is up and down the lineup. Like Keith's been juggling some lines, trying to find out who's going to play alongside Matthews and Marner. Now it seems to be nice. Are you going to give them a chance? Are you going to give them a stretch to see if that works? Does Burt look better? 
with Tavares and Nylander, it, it, you, you've got to give them a little bit of a stretch here to see how that works. Then, if that's the case, then you've got to modify your bottom six and see where some of these guys fit in. It, it, and it may simply be situational. Like Reeves, he may be in a position, depending on where you know the game is at, to be playing alongside a guy like Max Domi, for example. Or, or again, it's all situational when it comes to the to the bottom six, especially with the fourth line with the pieces that you have on it. And you know, he's going to some nights he'll play eight minutes, some nights he'll get eleven, some nights he'll get six. I think from Toronto's perspective, to have this type of player in the lineup, it's going to depend on where a game is at, how the team's performing overall. And what type of energy do you need at certain moments of the game? And the importance of bringing Reeves in wasn't just to add that physicality and intimidation on the ice. It's for what he brings to a team in a locker room off of the ice. This is a glue guy. And those guys are very, very valuable and become more valuable as the season progresses when you've got that chemistry and that, that off-ice rapport that really helps teams, especially ones that are looking to make some damage and do some damage as the season moves along. Yeah, something tells me the uh, analytics nerds will be hitting you up on X uh, in the next uh, 2.5 seconds here, uh, 2.5 <laughs> per 60 here on uh, on Twitter. Um, you know what's fascinating? Like it, it seems to be really, really loud, and it seems like a sneaky big weekend, not because you're going to be here on the back-to-back here, Dave, and I get that, King Street West, better watch out, but more so like where this Good team times. is, and then they're like pre-global series trip to Sweden, right? Yeah, and and this is an opportunity for I just I just mentioned the off ice stuff. This is an opportunity for them to get out some, uh, you know, some extra team building, uh, team chemistry. The bulk of this team is has been intact, and the core has obviously been intact for a little while. Um, but just to go out on on a trip over to Sweden, over to Stockholm, I've been there a number of times. Um, I would have been on this trip actually now if if we didn't have we have some stuff we're doing in Boston with uh, with with. Um, well, you'll, you guys will see it later on, but okay, fine. Uh, don't tell us. Okay. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't know if I can, but uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, I can't. Uh, I couldn't go to Sweden, but those are opportunities. I, I've I've traveled with teams. I actually traveled with Columbus uh, way back in the day. They went over. There were some team building experiences. They went to the horse track. Um, you know, Juice Azalius, Christian Azalius at the time owned some horses and brought everybody in there. It was a nice experience and a nice opportunity for everybody to kind of come together and let go of some of the early season stress. And from Toronto's perspective, with the way they're playing at home, with the way the media has been consistently, with the way that fans are grinding on them, yelling middle of the game to wake up, and you could hear it because it's a pin drop in there sometimes. Um, sometimes. This is a good – I'm trying to be nice. This is a good <laughs> chance uh, for, for the team to get some off-ice off team building uh, going. And hopefully for their sake, if they come away with you know three or four points – in those couple of games overseas, come back here, feel a little bit differently. Maybe this this helps push them forward a little bit more, and 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 maybe adds that chemistry off ice, adds to the on ice success. I got a question for both you guys here. What are the odds we see Nylander coming back with an eighty eight million dollar contract? How perfect would that scenario be? Him signing in Sweden. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, hey, that'd be that'd be good. That I mean, it's not eighty eight. It'll go- be closer to eighty. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not if know. he keeps this up. Not if he keeps <laughs> this up, Stewie. Like if if this guy keeps rolling here and and he has another ninety plus point season and they don't have him signed and and he's you know he rifles off forty again, I think the number goes up to twelve per year. Ooh. To be to be honest with you, the way that he's performing, um, I, he wants to stay. It's just a matter of the dollars. But hey, I 
uh, eight years, 88 million. Um, the way he's playing right now, it, it would be a nice, nice little touch to get that, get that done at home. He can ride the, I don't know what it's called over there in Stockholm, but he can sign the papers there, on think, no? it. Might, I think it's something like that. Yeah. Or yeah. they can just go to the Rose club and get all the documents signed there too. That works. The thing I remember about Stockholm, when you get into the airport there, they have like a, an escalator, dude, it's like a 90 degree jump yeah. down. Remember that? Like, and it goes on forever and you're looking and like, is this thing going to end? Like, I want to pack a dip. I want to go buy some snooze. Like there's conversations being had. It's like 10 minutes later, you're finally off this thing. Uh, yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of different, um, if you have, but Stockholm for me, it's one of my favorite cities that I've ever been to. It's, it's yeah. phenomenal. It's gorgeous. Um, the bars are great. People speak English there. So that helps. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of the, the teams will be heading over to Rose Club, probably heading over to Richie's, get a nice bite to eat. A lot of good options there. You're a, a professional marketer, man, by trade. I love that. Like anywhere in the world, just tell me where to go. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you too, like the deadline, I know it's it's far away, but like, do you have a yeah. sense, like we know they're looking for a defense when we talked about Calgary, maybe a Columbus conversation can be had. I know they're trying to get rid of somebody there. Um, you mentioned, you know, Philadelphia. In general, like, what are they trying to look for here over the next couple months, I guess? Again, I think just because of their salary cap situation, a lot of this is going to be information collecting and seeing if there's an opportunity to make some moves down the road um, that fit the cap. And can you get a third body in there? We know that Montreal, Philadelphia, Anaheim, San Jose, those are four teams that are looking and willing to add and, and retain money. Not necessarily retain on a contract, but take on a contract as opposed to actual retention. So they're going to have some options to do that. A couple of weeks ago, they were actually looking around just to see where the market was going to play out in terms of getting an affordable winger to potentially add to their top six. But now they, I, I, it sounds like they want to see how Nyes does and does the Bertuzzi mesh well on, on line too. That may deviate their plan a little bit and maybe look to somebody in that bottom six affordable guy. But in those last two weeks, the focus has also shifted uh, you know, to the blue line. I mentioned Walker in, in Philadelphia. He's a pending UFA. He'll be a free agent in the summer. Um, the dollar's a little less. It's under 3 million. I think it's around the 2.6 range. Uh, so you could possibly work something out there. It's not as big of a hit for another team to take on money. Um, and, and I don't know if Philly wants to retain on another contract, at least on Walker's side, maybe in a different direction. So they're, they're going to look, they're going to look to see what their options are and and, and see what, you know, ultimately becomes available. Some teams that they're talking to are probably right now anyway, in that middle class, middle of the pack, you know, maybe if things go well, they can continue to compete for a wild card spot, but it's early, right? 12, 13 games into the season. So this is just information collecting at this point, unless something falls into their lap. Um, uh, you're probably looking at something January, February on before they actually pull the trigger on anything that's relatively substantial. Again, unless just, Somebody calls and says, the hell with this? Let's just make this happen now. Um, Joseph Wall and Samsonov, do you see them continuing to be a 1A, 1B option, or do you see it going forward being Wall's crease uh, to lose? If, yeah, if he keeps it up, Stewie, I, I can't see a scenario where they're going to start platooning or continue to platoon, guys. I think it's going to be we need somebody to ride um, so we can focus on el other elements of our, of our game. And as you know, like if your goaltender is hot and doing well, that's a – Nice little confidence booster for you as well. You don't have to worry as much as you would um, defensively because you know your, your guy has your back here. So I think they just want to have uh, a, a level of continuity and consistency in net. And if it's wall, 
and so far he's proven to be the guy, um, then you roll with him, you give him a strong stretch, see if he can continue that. And then you get, you know, Samsonov in there every once in, every once in a while. I thought that Samsonov was going to come out this season and, and kind of claim that crease. Um, hasn't happened. So I think Wall is taking advantage of his situation and, and good for him, as he should. Dave, what's your sense, lastly, on uh, on Sheldon Keefe? Uh, what kind of leash do they have on him? Um, you know, is, is Guy Boucher going to be in the conversation if that combo has to be had with Keefe? Are there other names that could be potential targets? Like, I don't know. I'm sort of in the in the middle area when it comes to Sheldon Keefe. I know people love to point fingers in this market and say, hey, it's the coach's fault. It's the easiest scapegoat in the game to me. It is. Yeah. I mean, everybody's look at Edmonton. It's the, it's the coach's fault. It's the coach's fault. Well, in that situation, no, it's the GM's fault. Look at that roster. True. Look at the team. Yeah. Um, you know, here, I think, look, I, I, I wrote about this the other day. I think anything less than a conference final appearance for the Toronto Maple Leafs is going to be a failure, at least viewed internally with, within that organization. So you, you have to look, there's, there's no more excuses. The roster that's compiled right now and the core that's here is probably your strongest group since those early 2000s when the team was just, you know, kind of rolling there. So anything you can to keep this team moving forward is what Treliving and Shani and the rest of the staff are going to have to focus on and is their focus. So if they start to falter, then I could see, you know, a, a greater argument to make a change behind the bench. I don't see that now. Um, and, and I'm not personally the biggest fan of some of the, the, the system and structure that's in place here. But I don't throw this right now on the coaching staff. A lot of the players are still trying to find themselves. Again, you, you added some pieces. You're trying to juggle things up. We just need a level of consistency here. And if we go through another 10-game stretch and you're still moving pieces around and, and whatnot, that's one of two things. Either you're, you're not giving the guys enough leeway or these just aren't the right pieces that are fitting. And then ultimately, it's management's decision as to how to fix that thing right now. Okay, fair enough. We'll see what happens this weekend. And then Stewie did mention to me, he said, hey, tell Panyota to leave his credit card at home for All-Star Weekend. Right, Stewie? I got you, buddy. I got you. Time to pay the fiddler. Oh, oh man. <laughs> that is going to be, that is going to, this city is going to be a mess and I can't wait. <laughs> it's always a mess, Dave. Uh, appreciate your time. Enjoy the weekend. Maybe I'll see you, okay? Maybe, maybe tonight. Who knows? Never know. Take care, Dave. See you, boys. The one and only uh, Dave Penyota. We covered a bunch of different avenues there, but I, I think patience is important, Stu. And I love that you're a former player because, while like we're media and we're fans and we see this team lose a couple games, like people don't believe it, but it's a bit different in the room, right? In terms of the approach, you like to bring up the whole like five game increments, right? Yeah, we talk about uh, yeah five games or sixteen of those in a season. So when you break it down mm-hmm. to that, it's you know we're in the, the beginning of yeah I, I wrote it down and had my calculator later out uh, <laughs> earlier. Um, we're the beginning of segment three, right? So to now paint a brush and say hey you know what the season's over, it's in panic mode. When you're talking about internally, that's usually how they break it down. And for me, I didn't know what to expect watching practice yesterday, but it was business as usual. There's no more yelling. It wasn't, oh, we got to win. There wasn't any added pressure. There wasn't a vibe around there that was negative. It was, hey, this is the way the game goes. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's going to be a couple segments where you might come out in the bottom end, but you still could control your destiny. So if we're talking about we're in the middle of January and we're still talking about, well, who's the number one? What's going on with the power plays? Fourth line, you know, they're dash 27. Then you really, really have a problem. But you can't have the highs and highs and the lows be lows in the NHL. Yeah. If not, 
you'll 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 go crazy. There's a lot of pressure. It's an in, it's a um, it's a results based business, and if you let that pressure get to you on a daily or every single shift, you're not going to have any success in this league. Well, it's going to eat you alive, right? Again, not to go back to like a Jack Campbell, but it starts to eat you alive. It starts to wither away. It starts to chip away. Like I, it's tough to play in this market, man. I I feel for these guys, even like a pressure cooker like Edmonton. And you're going to go through it sometimes. Like I can only wonder what Ryan Reeves is going through right now. John Klingberg. It's Klingberg's first look. I like no disrespect again. And when people say that it is disrespect, but this isn't Minnesota. It's not Anaheim. It's not Dallas. Like this is Toronto. We are facing those lights every day. So uh, I'm intrigued to see the response of this team. Again, this is a sneaky big weekend for me. You got Calgary, you got Vancouver. Then you're on the PJ out, out to Sweden for a couple games next weekend. So uh, I want to see this team play with urgency and pace as well. But Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year and daily face-off. For those of you who smoke the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that will have you savoring the true taste of victory. Sign up to play Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor today at dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com to win weekly prizes like the new barbecue bacon cheeseburger available now for a limited time. That's dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com to sign up today. So a twin bill, a back-to-back here, rarity in this league where you play back-to-back at home. But it's the Hall of Fame game against Calgary. Then they got the Vancouver Canucks who are unbelievable coming in tomorrow night. Which is What's your read on this weekend, Stewie? Yeah, there's a little more pressure to to win, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. again, it's it's tale of two different teams coming in. Calgary Flames right now struggling, 14th, I think, uh, in the Western Conference. Struggling is is, and they have some guys that um, are looking for some big offensive nights. And you saw Huberto coming off the benching a couple of games ago, or last game, and Kadri wants to be better coming back into Toronto. So to write those uh, Flames off, I think, will be a big big mistake. So they're probably prepping, saying, "Hey, we got to pay attention." even more now to the details because, you know, you saw the Ottawa Senators and Stutzela and Giroux and, um, you know, P.O. Joseph take this team apart. Huberto, Kadri, and some of these other offensive players have that ability and you don't want to give them uh, a reason to wake up. So for them, I think the first period is key, uh, trying to get in on Markstrom, but having a good F3, uh, not taking any unnecessary penalties, but really playing a good defensive structure game. So I'm not a betting guy. But I'm picking the under on on this game because those details need to be really met uh, this game against Calgary. But going against the Vancouver Canucks, that's the statement game. You want to go off on a a good uh, trip off into Sweden. You know, you win Mm -hmm. that statement game versus Vancouver. Now that's a great, great trip. You're going to be having maybe a couple root beers on the plane. Guys are going to be loose. And that Vancouver Canucks team is one of the hottest teams in the league. And, you know, everyone's uh, billing them Canada's team, the best team in Canada. If I'm Toronto, I'm taking that personal. I want to say, hey, you know what? We're the team to beat. And we're going to have a statement game on Saturday versus the Canucks. You didn't hear 13 years, uh, 13 games in. They're lifting the cup in Vancouver already. That's uh, the feel it has over there at Canucks Army. Party at the Um, Roxy. I I saw it. I saw the party at the Roxy. I saw it. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't the Roxy closed? No, I was actually there last week. and I It's think back? I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, rumors of its demise, not true. Uh, <laughs> again, so for the morning skate, just uh, to, to tie up some loose ends, it sounds like they're going to go with 12 and 6. Um, I don't know if Ryan Reeves is in or not, but Holmberg got recalled. Jake McCabe is going to return tonight. Uh, and as mentioned uh, at the beginning there with Peñota, John Klingberg is dealing with an injury so they'll have a chance to rest uh, rest him a bit here. I wonder if he plays in the Global Series. Maybe he's going to be too injured for that too. But uh, I don't know how to phrase it. <laughs> I don't know how to properly put it. But it's very timely. Very timely. 
the injury. Yeah, but guys sit all the time, and and that's part of it, yeah. holding that accountable, and you you know challenging yeah. guys to be better. You saw Goudreau sitting in Columbus. You saw Huberto sitting on the bench. That happens. It just seems in this market, every time it happens, the sky is falling. But that's the regular part of the National Hockey League. Yeah. Guys got to be held accountable, and the best way to do that is through ice time. Yeah, but they told me he's hurt, so I don't know what's going on. Um, in terms of goalies, by the way, so Dan Vidar is in the starters crease for the Calgary Flames, um, and Joseph Wall is going to start this game, right? Um, I'm, I'm curious by this, but I get the mentality. Mentality, Like, there's no easy opponents in this league. The Edmonton Oilers found out the, the, the tough way on Thursday. They lost to San Jose, of course. But my thinking would have been to have Sammy on Friday wall on Saturday against the better team. But I guess the, the way both these guys have been playing, it doesn't matter. Is that their thinking, you think? No, I, I think the jury out is out right now on Samsonov. And say he goes and beats Calgary, everyone's going to say, well, it's just Calgary. But he has a chance now, depending, especially okay. if, um, like if Wall falters tonight, he goes out and beats Vancouver. Okay, you know what? Now it's starting to even out a little bit too. So I think giving mm-hmm. him the hard game, and you know, you saw when he got pulled after the game, he, he wasn't he wasn't happy. You saw his face after the win; he wasn't happy. So I'm sure maybe they asked him like, "Hey, you you, you want uh, you want to win this crease back? Okay, give me Vancouver. I want to I want to show that." I'm still in this race too. So I think him coming back and having that uh, big game really gets him back into the conversation. And I think that's the best thing for this team, having that competition, that one, a one B because it's going to push them to be better and most likely will lead to more points and wins. And I, I want to see them make Scotiabank arena house of pain, man. They're three and four on home. It's just not good enough. And maybe, maybe having Tom Barrasso, former Maple Leaf in the building hall of fame night gets this team going, but Nevertheless, I wanted to bring up the uh, generous guy. Generosity lives in the small things, crown royal, crown everything. I'm going to go with a generous guy slash gal, and I'm going to go with Connor Bedard's parents for birthing that absolute stud of a hockey player. Two goals, two assists in a 5-3 win against Tampa last night. Did you catch any of that one? Um, I didn't because I was sleeping, hoping for an Edmonton Oilers win. So I didn't catch it. I went, I tucked myself in early last night too, but I saw some of the highlights. I saw the release there too. So, you know, we, I handicapped it at uh, 35 goals for him this year. He seems like he's well on his way to achieving that goal. How early are you in bed? Like seven 30 Eastern or. Dude, you don't even want to know my day. I have another meeting after this. I got to go now to Yorkdale, have another meeting. I got to coach a game tonight. I got to go on the ice. So I got to get to sleep anywhere I can. I hear you. I hear you. Who's your generous guy or gal? You got anybody? I'm going with my assistant coach, Jay Katsouris, who's actually cousins with uh, Mike Sigamanis. He uh, works for Canada Post, walks six miles a day. First guy at the rink coaching these young bucks, next generation, multiple players uh, in the OHL and hopefully soon to be NHL. So shout out to my boy, JK. Love that. This one's for you. Uh, brought to you by Batano, the 2023 EGR winner for both the best sportsbook and operator of the year and best in-play sports operator awards. The game starts now. You like the under, as you mentioned tonight, right? I'm picking the under, but if I'm wrong, do not at me. I did. Uh, to be honest, and it's funny you bring that up. I came on the show yesterday and I said, if Edmonton doesn't win, I won't be back. Like you won't see my face again. And I, I, contractually I had to come back sadly, but man, that was a tough beat yesterday. So I'm with you on the under. I just, it's so weird to say, cause I love offense. Stewie, I would love to see a two, one lease win tonight, man. I don't know why I just would love to see one. 
Yeah, I think the Leafs just have to rein it in a little bit. And yes, their stars have been their stars, but a lot of the goals against have been avoidable. And it's just simple D zone breakdown breakdowns or guys not in the right position or guys, you know, cheating in the D zone. So those are those basics that I think you sometimes get lost in the in the thick of things of a long season. So a couple of days to practice uh, back to back games with a big trip. So I think, yeah, you know, let's uh, play a little bit of defensive uh, before we go off to Sweden, and then put a little show on for the fans and and overseas. I like it. Other things I like in terms of a betting perspective in this game, because again, uh, Botano offers so many different routes. You can bet on hockey and sports in general. Uh, the, the shot prop for uh, Nazem Kadri. Again, I love the revenge narrative. You know, this, uh, I don't know if you want to go to these depths, but you mentioned Jonathan Huberto. If he does play, which I think he should, he makes 10 and a half sheets a year. Maybe he picks up a point in this game. I think it's going to be around minus 120, minus 130 on that front. And Austin Matthews, dude, the guy's a man possessed. So maybe an anytime goal for Maddie. And uh, Nylander, too, is another guy. Obviously, a 13-game point streak to start the year. Where was he born, Stewie? Calgary. Schweden. Schweden. Was he born in Calgary? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. His dad played in the NHL. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. He's a Calgary baby. I was getting to that. So maybe you look at Nylander as well. Rides a TTC. Someday he's going to get a nice contract where he could take an Uber to work. Yeah, or one of those. uh, I heard they have Uber helicopters coming too. So maybe we'll take a helicopter. Mm That would be great. Man, that would be insane. I wonder how much like a a ride from here to King West would be. I live in Liberty Village. So maybe like, probably be like 500 bucks, but I would do it. I would do uh, one of those uh, zip lines. You can zip line down to King Street. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're right i'm very close i'm but very like close. spider-man coming down kig <laughs> imagine <laughs> like who is this guy oh it's nick alberg on a zip line Golden buzzy so, uh, zip line to two cats <laughs> that'd be hilarious excellent stuff today man i know you're a busy cat i appreciate you doing this and again it feels like a, a sneaky sneaky big weekend for this leafs team again everything that's going on around them they, they need to find a way to get the job done here yeah, the one thing I can always predict when the skull, uh, sky is about to fall, they find a way to pull it out. So we'll be talking about all the positives, I think, next week. I get the one thing I can I get. hope. <laughs> I hope. That's Anthony Stewart. Thank you to David Pignotto, the uh, fourth period, for hopping on today. Producer Aaron Bordado, fantastic as per usual. And to you, everybody in the chat, you guys are incredible. Thanks for another great week at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube. That's Anthony Stewart. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for watching and have a great weekend. Take care. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N dot com. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation, you know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know.